Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where our goal is to help you find health and community through movement. I'm Molly Herford, a writer, coach, and yoga teacher. And I'm Peter Glassford, an endurance coach and kinesiologist. Every week, we're talking to athletes and experts who can help you lead your best active, adventurous life. Whether you're a gravel racer, a marathon runner, or you just got out on your first bike ride yesterday, we're here cheering you on. You can also visit us online at consummateathlete.com for coaching information and training tips, nutrition advice, yoga flows, bike skills, and more. And now, let's get into this week's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another Friday installment of the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where we're taking just one or two sort of quicker questions and getting into them. Hopefully you're enjoying these episodes. Uh, if you are and you have any questions you want us to answer, definitely head over to, to Instagram and hit us up. Let us know if there's any any stuff that's on your mind. We appreciate all of the questions. And you can also use the contact form at consummateathlete.com if you're not an Instagrammer, uh, but by all means, any of those work. Uh, yeah, today we had two questions that are sort of related. So we thought we'd sort of merge them into a, a similar topic and try and get through them in an organized fashion. So the, the first was someone asked, you know, you have just won this 100 mile running race. And the question was, you know, because we're more known for cycling, you're a cycling journalist, the, they want to know how you fit in cycling, or did you uh, in this big preparation for this hundred miler. So do you want to start there today? Yeah, yeah, let's start there. So it's interesting. I was actually just being interviewed for the Femme Cyclist podcast that'll be out in a couple of weeks. And we were talking about strength training and how, how important I think strength training is. And then it came the awkward thing of, oh, so how often do you strength train? And I had to be like, well, I haven't for a few months now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same is true of the how did you train on the bike for your hundred miler? The answer is just, well, I haven't for a few months now and I very much miss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reality of the situation is when you're training for a big running goal, there's very little time in there for, unfortunately, for, for doing other sports. Um, so it's not to say that I completely gave everything up for the past three years, obviously. Like I've coached a lot of cycling camps over the past three years in kind of preparation for this. But certainly as it got closer and closer to this goal race of mine, uh, the focus got more and more narrow. So I think the last time I'd been on a bike until after that race, the last time I was on the bike was mid-October maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which was an event. We did a casual event, a social event, but it was a a bigger ride. But you did that. I think you rode maybe the week before a little bit. Yeah, just to make sure I remembered how. Yeah, and I mean, the the pandemic's been maybe another variable there because we haven't done as many cycling camps and these sort of things. So there was that. But that's the reality, right, is as you're getting to this pointier end of the stick, which, you know, winning a a 100-miler is getting to a pointy end of a stick. It's becoming elite then even though you say, I like this because you said, I I believe in strength training or I like strength training, I recommend strength training, but I didn't do it. Exactly. For a period of time. And you said that about cycling, you like cycling, you enjoy cycling, you probably identify as a cyclist in a lot of ways, uh, but you didn't, <laughs> you know, you haven't. Uh, so it's interesting, right? It, it gets to like, who are you and what is the goal uh, and how far, you know, there's sort of this timing piece as well. So it's interesting. There's a lot of pieces there. Mm-hmm. It's also worth noting that within two weeks of finishing that race, I am now back to strength training and hopping on the bike just for sort of spinning, cross training kind of stuff. Right. Um, so I really did miss them and really did want to go back to them. That's not just like a thing that I'm saying because I feel like I should. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were also, I mean, had we not been, I mean, we were south for a while, I guess, but that was really close to the race, really. 
uh, you know, the last two months. But I, I was going to say, if it, if it wasn't for Canadian winter and fall, <laughs> which are sort of, you know, most of the year, uh, you probably would have even ridden maybe a bit. You know, I think so, if, yeah. You know, in the fall, if we, the weather was nicer, maybe you would have. Uh, but that's interesting. So I'm trying to think where we want to go with that. So you, you didn't, so you mostly just ran. Yeah. However, I think the flip side of that, like that sounds like I'm saying to run a big ultra marathon, you need to just focus on running. I actually don't believe that that's true. I think, as we just said, a few months, pointy stick. Uh, we really want to niche down into just the running, if if that's possible. If you're, you know, you're not having any injury issues, and mm-hmm. that's actually that's a, who are you? The, yep. Yeah, a, a thing you can do. Then yes, obviously the focus on running is is the key there. But I actually credit like any success I've had in running to the fact that I have a huge endurance base on the bike. Mm-hmm. Like coaching the camps that we've coached, where we're on the bike for twenty hours a week. Um, for, you know, the past few years, uh, for the month of January, part of February, really like four to six weeks of the year, I'm on the bike for almost 20 hours a week. Um, and I think that's actually given me this massive base, this massive aerobic engine that I would have been really hard pressed to get from running, especially when you're talking about the, the running where it's 24 hours or 12 hours or any of that. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you, you know, you just can't, you only have so many 12-hour runs in you. Uh, whereas biking, you can do several six-hour rides a week if mm-hmm. you're reasonably trained and you can get through them. Yeah, and the part I don't, I suspect, and this is where this consummate athlete idea part of it is, I just feel like there's a piece there where, you know, your heart can beat, you know, your legs are working, your lungs are, are working for an extended period of time when you're biking versus running. And I just feel like there is a crossover. There. So we'll talk a bit more about how you might enter, you know, if you're, you know, beyond what Molly does, if you want to combine these two sports or, or sort of similar sports, how that we might do that. We'll get there in a second. But I do think that, that there's a piece there. Uh, so it is interesting that, you know, maybe that did help you train those parts of your body. And then you had to go through a period of obviously training, you know, the tendons, ligaments, um, more recently especially yeah and from the philosophical side the reason we started this podcast the consummate athlete is that idea of the all-around athlete being able to jump into the different sports and obviously when we say jump into we're not talking about a a super elite level we're talking about competently going out for a ride with your friends or you know going out to rock climb with friends or whatever that whatever being an all-around athlete looks like for you Uh, so for me it's always been really important that i maintained at least some ability to do all of these other other sports because that's part of who i am exactly now the other piece is and we talked about this was your coach david roche he's you know he he, i think rightly believes you know runners run and and they try and run as much as they can and and you can modify from this and and he can adjust his you know i'm sure if he was here he'd give us exceptions and there'd be asterisks but in general you run a lot when you're trying to you know do these big long races um you know and I always go back to this, the Dan John saying, you know, runners run, right? And this is, you know, cycle, cycle. If you're going to throw, he's into discus, they throw, throwers throw. Dan John's into discus, not David. No, yes. Two different people, but Just two coaches. So for you, I thought this was important that like you sort of, even though you had this inkling that you liked biking and you, 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 you know, were seeing progress and you sort of bought into his system of runners run and you sort of, you know, relinquished that and just jumped on and believed which I think is a big piece is believing and following the plan, right? 
Yeah, I would say if there's one thing I've done well in the last three years, it's been following the plan. Yeah, but even do the work. Even back when we were coaching a bike camp two years ago now, so when we were in Spain, uh, if anyone recalls those episodes, what I would do is after the rides, I was still running off the bike. Even if we'd done a six-hour ride, I would do a 30-minute run off the bike. And I think if anything, as far as bike training helped, that was probably the most helpful month of my life doing that mm-hmm. because I got so good at running, just completely fatigued and completely exhausted. Right. Um, so I think that that allowed me to really train that fatigued running state without risking major injury because I wasn't actually like pounding my body that hard running for seven hours or anything. No, I do think, and you've been through this a bit, you know, if you were someone who was dealing with injury or knows you, you've been injured because you've run too much, then I think this is where the cross training piece and, and David does this as well, yeah. uh, where you're maybe doing two days on the bike or two days on the elliptical or the elliptico or, <laughs> you know, swimming or whatever it is. Um, and then maybe the goal long term for you as a runner with goals in running is that you are edging towards increasing the the amount of volume you do running uh, is maybe the goal. And maybe you don't get there, right? There's probably lots of examples of people that just cross train twice a week and, and do fine, right? Mm-hmm. That's the best the best ingredients, the best mix for them. And I think that's the, the thing is trying to find that versus sticking to you have to run three times a week or two times a week or whatever the number is. Mm-hmm. The other, the other thing with keeping cycling in is also just a time-based constraint. If you're training for an ultra, you're probably running a fair bit. That's probably safe to say. And I think the recovery and the, the mobility and honestly just getting some extra sleep is probably worth way more than sneaking in that extra bike ride as cross-training. Mm-hmm. So I think you also have to look at your, your life as a whole and the, the recovery aspect. And I find even with cycling, I try and keep running in so that I can go on, you know, the odd weekend run with you guys and stuff as well and not be just, you know, the random cyclist masters man who, you know, tries to do a... Does his one 10K a year and breaks himself? Yeah, yeah. So you see that a lot in plans where it's like one 7 to 10K run and then no runs for a month and it's like ah you know i just get too sore when i run and it's like well i mean you just went and did seven thousand you know vigorous jumps in the air uh (laughs) now your achilles tendons are 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 sore right your 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 calves are sore your quads are sore whatever it is uh so i think you want to keep that in and that's it is as you say that the struggle is is with the time i think no matter if you're going either direction it's, it's fitting in that extra run especially you know sometimes it's the conditions are good for biking and you're you, you've got to get in those you know whatever you think the number is two or three runs uh a week to try and keep that maintained and it's it's tough so this is this do athlete this uh run bike thing is 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 a, a tricky balance i think i think it's good i think it's it's a good way to to move through the world but it, it is takes a little bit of sacrifice i'd say especially i think it's actually a fantastic cross training and thing i would do a lot more regularly if my goal wasn't to actually really perform in in an ultra race mm-hmm. like if my goal is to complete one right i think i would absolutely be keeping way more biking and more cross-country skiing more swimming just because that's the kind of athlete that i like to be when i when given sort of the opportunity with no no race goals on the line and we spoke before about you know the the point a point b the who are you and where do you want to go if you're someone who's won a hundred miler and then now you're going to scale back the goals and you're going to jump into a 50 miler or a hundred miler but you're not just you're just not stressed you're just doing it it's going to be sort of fun you know you're going to stop and eat the what was it ribs uh, oh the pulled pork or something <laughs> you're going to have the pulled pork during the hundred miler 
Uh, so the goal is brisket. not... Brisket. I'm sorry. The, Apologies. The goal it is was brisket. Yeah. The goal is challenging, but not, you know, beyond you and you're training enough. So I, I think then you have more flexibility in, in what that preparation window looks like, right? That it's not so far. It's not the jump is not so big. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where that, that point A and that point B come in we maybe we talk now about the the like again the fitting it into the week if someone was going to fit in running and biking you know almost year round what are some sort of key principles do you think i think the principle i would comes to mind immediately for me is keeping a rest day in i think as soon as you start balancing multiple sports it's so tempting to just be like okay no days off Mm -hmm. uh you know i'm totally just going super easy on the bike this one day and like instead of taking my rest day Uh, even if you only have an hour to train every day you don't you know you can't the seven yeah no you need the rest day the rest day is so important and i think if you're a person who doesn't like it i think you know that could be maybe a a rejuvenating style of yoga not a hot yoga not a you know whatever the the tough yogas are this is a a lazy yoga Uh, i think probably walking on flat ground probably counts but if you're the type of person that won't take off days you gotta be really careful that those you know off day activities don't become secret training for sure yes 100%. but that's that's a good note regardless of what you're doing especially with the running that's where we get in trouble right is it's the quote-unquote recovery run you know those are still you're still jumping up and down in the ground or vigorously yeah exactly and that's actually the the one time cross training is on my schedule right now is that fridays have been really a choice between a short recovery run or cross training okay. so that's usually where my biking is getting sort of snuck in take a bit of load uh the other one i was thinking you know you had that technique there where you're maybe doing uh you might call them a brick but that's probably overselling it a bit but you know you you do your hour uh run or ride and then this is how i would usually do it is i i'd probably fit it in as a a run after say strength training or a run after a bike or something like that uh so it could be a a brick so they're right together so i might ride the trainer for 90 minutes and then go do a, a 5k run or something I think that's such good bang for your buck, especially if you're really bike trained and like really not as into running and you're trying to, if I was trying to ramp up for an ultra and I had had sort of my training prior to getting more into running and I could do it all over again, I would do a lot more of those because I was totally fine to ride the bike for a billion hours and I could run a few miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to combine those two, like I said, you're getting that running on fatigued legs, which I think is what you need when you're training for an ultra. And I think the only caution then as someone, you know, as an endurance, more endurance, you know, long mod, you know, muscular endurance type person, I would say then I also need to take, you know, David's advice that, you know, strides are important. So once a week I try and get out recovered. So it's the first workout of the day. It's not the like, you know, the, the end of the workout when I'm tired from intervals on the bike, I try and get out and do, you know, strides. So I run fast for 30 seconds times six or whatever it is. And still about a 5k, 5k to five miles is the window. Uh, and then we do that. So that's, uh, again, I think the, the combination, the double days, I guess would be the other one. So you, those are sort of your, your tools, right? When you're thinking about, you have these sort of brick workouts, you have a double day. So you could do a 5k in the morning with some strides. And then maybe you're doing uh, a bike workout later in the day. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if you would agree with this, but my rule of thumb is the workouts are, so we're talking like interval workout type things. For me, those are reserved for the sport that I'm focusing on. So someone had asked me, like, you know, do you ride while you're training for ultra? And do you do bike workouts? And I was like, mm. well, frankly, I never do bike yeah, I don't workouts. Know if I've I, ever seen you do. I have done like two interval okay. workouts in the past nine years that we've been together. Sure. Uh, I can't stand 
bike workouts. I'm putting it out there. I hate them so much. I'll go up a hill, no problem. But like, I don't want to go back down that hill and go up it again for like a set time. Right. Uh, anyway, that's that's really not the thing. Uh, what is the thing though is I think if you're training for running and you're using the bike as cross training, that means you're using the bike as cross training as volume as endurance. You're not using it to do intervals. Uh, to me, I'm saving the intervals for my run workouts. Mm -hmm. I think that makes sense. I, I think you could probably say that str the strides idea maybe fits in, uh, you know, a little bit. You could probably fit that in and it wouldn't be too taxing. But again, that's something that quickly, the devil's in the details quickly. That's becoming, you know, 20 minutes of 30 30s or, or something like this. I was going to say, I know you have a lot of clients who like going out for just the casual group runs that... Uh, Oh, I mean, I don't know if the word casual is put on it. They're group run, <laughs> they're hard. Uh, and they, they admit that. But I, I think that's where the, the tricky part into your point is we still only get probably two hard days in the week. And, exactly. and hard to me means running almost period uh, because of the impact, the neuromuscular load. Uh, it means strength training, uh, unless your strength training is like, you know, a core or a yoga or something, which is great. But, you know, if, if there's any sort of weight there or you any potential of being sore, again, this is neuromuscular, you know, you're going to be sore. It, it's pretty hard. And then any bike intensity, you know, again, over that aerobic threshold, over 75% of max, over the talk test, whatever you want to say. So you get into this weird scheduling thing. Molly said we needed at least one off day. We only get two intensity days. And then we have a lot of low intensity days. This is the 80-20 of endurance. This is polarized, if you like. Uh, even the alternative to that pyramidal, which I can never say. Uh, even still, if you're sweet spotting, it's still sort of the rough idea, right? It's still sort of mostly easy uh, for most of our hours of training, most of our minutes. So we get into the scheduling dilemma, for sure, right? Where, again, we're trying to fit the runs in with the har harder day, maybe maybe just after the harder workout it's a tricky thing there's no perfect way but the, the the key i guess is that you can't go tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday you know three runs two bike intensities that's five <laughs> that's five days it's a lot yeah. <laughs> right and then sunday you know yeah it's a group ride we're gonna do a group so now we're right through the week right so yeah so i think all of that to say you can do it all you just cannot do it all at once mm -hmm. and then maybe the fi the final tool or or you know, tactic we have with this is trying to say, okay, in the next two weeks, the next four weeks, the next block, what's coming down the pipe. So for a lot of people in Southern Ontario now, we're having like our spring classics will be at the end of April. So that's, that's, we're in under that two month period, right? So now you're maybe starting to think about gravel racing or bike racing. And so as Molly said, maybe the running takes a bit of a backseat and these are just sort of those maintenance runs and we're not really pushing that. We're trying not to get much fatigue, but we're trying to keep just enough experience with that, that then if your next thing is a July, what would people be doing? 10 K races, or maybe you're doing a half trail marathon or something. Then once you get through those spring classics, then maybe the, the focus shifts a bit. Right. Yeah. You don't need to be preparing for everything simultaneously, nor should you be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I think that that wraps that up. It's fun kind of answering that question because normally we're getting the opposite of can you run for bike training? So it's sort of fun to look at it through the opposite lens. Uh, if you want to uh, listen to our thoughts on running for cyclocross, etc., maybe we'll link to a couple of those episodes in the show notes. Uh, and otherwise, of course, keep those questions coming. ConsummateAthlete.com contact page and over on Instagram at ConsummateAthlete. And thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully you get out and have an excellent weekend filled with adventures and we will see you next week. 
Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed this or any of our past episodes, do us a solid and leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out our book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete, over at consummateathlete.com. Questions or comments? Find us over on Instagram, at consummateathlete, and we will see you next week.